you you want a ice cold bottle of soda pop? <laughs> Mind you, I'm Summer. I'm Michelle. Um, and the book that we, well, me mostly, let's, the, I'll be real, um, that Michelle chose uh, over a month ago for us to read was The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Um, like I said, I'll blame myself for a part of it. Um, I actually had a promotion at work, Yay. so I am now the media specialist at my school. And so it's really awesome, and I'm loving my job so far. But it did entail a lot more responsibility that I had to take on. And so it's been um, a lot of afternoons planning. And I had like three big events that I had last week um, that I had to plan for and then actually go through with. And I've been you know, having to grade tests and things like that that have to do with the, the events that I was doing. So things are starting to calm down because we're coming up on break so i'll have time over break and then so i'm hoping that we can get another episode maybe in by the beginning of january end of december um because the book i have in mind for coming up is actually a, a smaller book so that might be nice um to give ourselves a break from and even the outsiders was a quick read but um just to give ourselves a break from something a little bit longer um i'm already thinking of a shorter book but yeah, um, so again, apologize for the long wait. I hope we still have <laughs> some people on the hooks. Um, and if not, hopefully this will reel you back in and remind you that we still exist and that we're here. Um, and do you want to get into it? Do you have anything that you want to um, say? You were responsible with it. I wasn't. Well, it, it, <laughs> November was a lot for me, too, because I was doing NaNoWriMo. Um, yes. Again, yeah. National Novel Writing Month, if... You don't know what that means. Um, you write 50,000 words during the month of November. I've done it the past five years. I've won it every year, um, but it's a huge time sink. Um, and, you know, I'm really pleased and happy with, with the work I generated during that time, but I was super busy, too. You also, did you, you got, did you get published? I can't remember. You got published in, like, a magazine? Yeah, um, I had. Yeah, that's what I thought. I had a poem come out. I've got, yeah. like four or five more coming down the pipeline which is really exciting whoop, whoop. Um, yay yay so you i just know. couldn't remember if that happened like in that time frame. Or <laughs> it was all a dream yeah <laughs> everything's been oh, a yes. dream. I, I did have one one poem come out in a magazine and I, you know i've got a handful more for my grad thesis um yay. slash manuscript which is all very exciting you know i feel like yes, awesome. a real writer you are you know. if you believe it you hey, are. If you write, you're a real writer. So, yeah. Long story short, career change. Apologize. Busy, busy, busy. Month of November. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're going to dive back into it. So, yeah. um, I'm going to start really, really quickly with just some background information okay. on S.E. Hinton. Great. Like I do. And some of it is coming actually from the back of the book. Um, and I'm just trying to see, like, what version 
This is, it's just the Penguin Random House version. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else I could <laughs> give for that. Yeah, I think that's um, about as specific as yeah. it gets. Um, okay, so I'm going to read just this little blurb from the book, and then I'll go back and I'll read this little part of her bio. So she says, Dear reader, it is very difficult for me to write about myself, and especially The Outsiders, which was written at a horrendous time in my life was published by a series of mind-boggling synchronicities or yeah synchronicities and has gone far farther further than any author dared dream but i'll give it a shot i wrote the outsiders when i was 16 years old which wild by the way yes i was like that's why i messaged you i was like i can't believe it <laughs> you did yeah. um actually i began it when i was 15 as a short story about a boy who was beaten up on his way home from the movies but i didn't just write the outsiders i lived it Looking back, I realized how important it was to me to have another life at that time. To be someone else, to deal with problems I had to face, and write my way to some sort of understanding and coping. This is all in hindsight. At the time, I was mad about the social situation in my high school. I desperately wanted something to read that dealt realistically with teenage life. I knew I was going to be a writer. I loved to write. I began in grade school because I loved to read and liked the idea of making stories happen the way I wanted them to. By the time I was in high school, I had been practicing for years, so I was both elated and not surprised when I received my publishing contract on the day I graduated from high school, which is also wild. Yeah, that's... Can you believe... <laughs> like, could you imagine? And, like, this is, a like, really well-written. I'm sure they did a lot of editing for it, and you do kind of hear that, like, teenage voice in mm -hmm. it, but it is a good novel. Mm -hmm. So it's just wild that you're graduating from high school, and it's like, yeah, you're publishing a novel. Here you go. You're, like, set up already this late, you know? Yeah. So, and to see this also be so, I guess, long-lasting is wild, too. Yeah. So this is just, it just blows me away. And I'm just going to jump down to the end of it. This is the very end. Um, if this sounds like I'm overwhelmed by the decades of incredible response to what began as a short story, I started when I was 15 years old. Well, I guess that's the truth. And she says, stay gold, and she signs it. Um, and so then something little is she was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then The Outsiders was published in 1967. And something just that this is her little personal about bio down at the very bottom. It says, I'm a very private person. I'm very uncomfortable talking about my personal lives, but, but a few facts. My horse is horseback, or my hobby is horseback riding. My horse is horseback <laughs> My horse is my hobby. <laughs> my hobby horse. My hobby is horseback riding. <laughs> I've shown both jumping and dressage. I read constantly and occasionally take a class at the university, not for credit. It's more fun when you don't have to take the test. Boom. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> a writer's life is not very exciting. Usually you're alone in a room with your tools, paper, pen, imagination. I usually write longhand first and put it on a computer. Man. I feel like her and I have a connection. <laughs> like, sorry, literally the, like, after I graduated, my sister was taking a class at school for, um, like, just to audit, mm -hmm. and I, like, went back with her. I was like, it was a teacher that I loved, like, my mentor, and I was like, yeah, I'll just come sit out of the class, and I didn't have to take any tests, and it was such a good Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I walk the dog, ride my horse, wander the grocery store, wondering what to cook for dinner. So much for my glamorous life. <laughs> I have a great husband, a wonderful son. I won't invade their privacy by saying anymore, unless I want to write about them. So that's kind of, you get the idea of who she is. So she was kind of thrown into it at a young age of her own accord, and she did a, all the work herself, you know, but she's thrown into it at a young age it seems and then she still likes to say pretty private mm -hmm. um 
and she has a couple other books Rumblefish that was then this is now which this copy of the book has like a preview of in the back but I actually didn't read it Um, and her latest release or Big David Little David it looks like that's a um, for kindergarten age and then The Puppy Sister is a fantasy book written for elementary school children so it Hmm. seems like she's got a couple other novels but The Outsider still remains like her longest lasting one yeah so that's it. I'm going to stop talking for a little bit so you can have a chance. <laughs> I talk all day now. <laughs> no, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think what's going to be good about this one um, in contrast with our last episode, which we kind of struggled to summarize Ooh. on our own. And, this one's quick. Um, yeah, this is a pretty straightforward plot, um, which I sort of wrote down a summary of, and I think I covered all the major points. So, yeah, so this is set in the 60s, I would assume. Like, I think it's just set at the time of its writing. Um, you have this gang rivalry between the uh, greasers, who are lower class, and the... I want to say socks, but, like, it's short for social, right? I think it's... I kept thinking social in my mind. Like, but then it's not socious, so it might be socks. I don't... Because I thought it was, like, social, like, socialites. Yeah, like, I think it's like, short for social, but I, it's it's a very strange um, abbreviation. Yeah, so I kept I kept reading it as, like, socials, but there's no E-S. It's just S-O-C-S. I don't know. I should have researched yeah. this. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and those are, like, the higher class, um, the preps. Um, so we have our protagonist, who is Ponyboy, um, also the narrator of the book, and... His friend Johnny, who is another young member of the Greasers, and one day both of them are attacked by socks slash Socias. Well, I don't know. One of the Socias has Ponyboy's head like stuck down in a fountain and almost drowns him, and Johnny kills him um, to save Ponyboy. So Ponyboy and Johnny flee to an old church so they can kind of like wait out the the heat. Um. And if you, if you don't mind, um, Johnny had actually been jumped by those yes. same people um, not much, like, like not too long ago in the, the span of the story. So he still had a lot of anxiety and a lot of, like, PTSD yeah. from that attack. Um, so that was kind of what led to that. Yeah. Um, so they flee to this old church um, to hide out for a while. They both cut their hair and dye their hair and things like that um and they wait for a while they read is it gone with the wind yeah gone with the wind they read gone with the wind and then one day some local school kids are playing in the church and it catches fire um johnny rushes in to rescue the kids from the fire he's severely injured in the process pony boy goes home um at this point the um he and Johnny are kind of seen as heroes now because they rescued these kids from the fire. Um, Johnny eventually dies from his injuries, and then Ponyboy and the other greasers have to kind of process their grief, and they do that in um, a variety of different ways. So Ponyboy, for example, kind of enters this deep denial. Like, he keeps mm-hmm. just saying, insisting that Johnny is not dead. Um, notably, another... 
I always mix up Dally and Dairy in my head. Yeah, they're very <laughs> close. Um, Dally um, kind of goes out in a shootout with the cops. Um, it's sort of, like, implied to be a suicidal action almost um, after Johnny dies. And that's sort of the broad stroke summary. Yeah. It's not too complicated. Yeah, so that's, um, yeah, that was like the, <laughs> the very simple and, you know, it goes a lot into, it's always like this, this loss of innocence yeah. that, uh, you know, happens. But it is a big story about, like, found family and mm-hmm. coming of age because, like, these boys are, they're outsiders. Um, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're different, but they found their family. They even talk about how, um, so Pony Boy, and yes, that is his real name. Mm-hmm. So what is a Pony Boy? Pony Boy is, you know, I had that question written down. That was my question. What for this is book. a Pony what Boy? What is a Pony Boy? Um, so there's Pony Boy. There's, is it, it's, is it short for Daryl? Is that like Daryl? Dairy, his... I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure, but their oldest brother is Derry, and the middle brother, his name is Soda Pop. I love Soda Pop. And so he's, he goes by Soda. Um, but their parents, maybe like a year before, um, passed away in a car accident. They got into a car accident and died. Um, and so Derry is about 22 at this point, and so he's been raising Soda and Pony Boy, and Soda dropped out of school, and he's what, like... 17, 18. He's like an older teenager. Yeah, he's a little bit older and he works at a gas station. And then Pony Boy is 14, I want to say 13 or 14. He's the is he the youngest he's, greaser? Um next to Johnny, but oh no, there was the the um the brother of that the other guy, Tim, whatever. But you don't ever see that character. He's like at re- like he's, <laughs> so whatever. He's like at a reform school or something. But yes, of all the characters we see, Pony Boy is the youngest. Um, so they kind of treat him like he's young. Yeah. Um, but at their house, they talk about closer to the end how they always have their door unlocked mm-hmm. just in case anybody needs to come crash or they need to hide or something. They have their door unlocked for. Um, the greasers that they can just come. And so that's definitely that found family yeah. part. And camaraderie, that's big. Um, working together, being together. Because despite, like, you know, you think about the character of Dallas, Dally, uh, Dally Derry, um, <laughs> the character of Dallas, and he's, like, a wild card. He's, like a, like, a pistol, and he just does whatever, basically. And he just thinks he's bad, and he's kind of rolling with it. Um... Well, he, you can see, like, some changes in him as the story goes on, because mm-hmm. he does help Johnny and Pony Boy save the children in the church. Um, but then, after Johnny's death, he kind of comes unhinged again, and things change. But, you know, they still, despite all of the things that have happened to him, the times he, he's been in jail, the things that he's done, they still rally around him, mm-hmm. and they still support him. And so that's a really big thing is that camaraderie and found family. Um, 
that's what I took. That was the biggest thing. As much as we can say it is the rich versus the poor, whatever. <laughs> but I took away the biggest thing was the found family, I think, is the relationships between the greasers was the biggest thing. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing for me as well. And especially when I read this book, this is my second time reading it. I'm really struck by, like, the level of intimacy yeah. between the boys. Um, like, whether it's familial or, like, friend intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's there's a lot of physical affection shown between um, mostly, like, Pony and Soda Boy, because Pony doesn't get along with his oldest brother as much as he gets along mm-hmm. with Soda Pop. Um but they, like, sleep in the same bed, which, you know, I assume is because they have one bed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they touch a lot. They do things like that. Um, and I think Johnny and Ponyboy have a pretty intimate relationship as well, um, especially mm-hmm. when they're hiding in the church. They kind of, um, th- like, this sounds so cliche, like, they talk about their feelings. Um, yeah, but they do. <laughs> they do, yeah. and it's important. And they, you know, they read this book together that Johnny really kind of likes and and fantasizes about um and in general i think there's a lot of tenderness um Mm -hmm. which i really welcome seeing in books that are about boys primarily i think it's really Mm -hmm. refreshing and really um you know important and honest and and everything like that um Well, and think about it. They, these are supposed to be the outsiders. Mm-hmm. They're the greasers. They're the rough and tumble, like, the tough boys, T-U-F-F boys. It's like, this is everything that, you know, the stereotypical, you know, greaser boy, whatever, is supposed to be. But it's showing that, like, they're just people. Like, they're cool on the outside. They're... But, Everybody has these insecurities. Everybody has these feelings. Everybody has this anxiety and this fear surrounding all of these things Mm -hmm. that happen. Like, they could die at any moment because of the fights that they're getting in. And they want to appear tough, but at the same time, they know each other so well that they also have, like, this love for each other. And they're not afraid to show this love. Yeah. And it comes in many different forms. So, I love... Yeah, I I I agree. That's, like... Definitely. It's really good. And I think the the place where that really, like... Um, gets crystallized is in the whole stay gold pony yeah. boy um, which that? you know yeah if you need the context um, when they're in this old church um, I think they're watching the sunrise and commenting on how the light makes everything really beautiful for just a second and then it's gone um, and Johnny there's a poem too that um, yeah Johnny remembers a poem yeah. Um, which is the frost um, nature's first greenest gold or hardest hue to hold Uh, oh here we go her early leaves of flower but only so an hour so it's very odd because them leaving to go to the church actually happens pretty early on it does um, in the book this book has Um, some odd pacing and i i should have done this i would love to actually break it down um proportional to page number and and kind of visualize how the story is structured and you know maybe i'll do that and post it on twitter (laughs) because that would be fun 
a lot of the action happens early on. Um, and then you mm -hmm. sort of get a lot of introspection in the middle. Okay, well, I can't find the exact... Hold on, let me just Google, the, Google this part. poem. Yeah, you might want to Google <laughs> it, and then I'll read... Um... Oh, here we go, here we go. You got here it? Go. All right. Woo! Okay. okay, this is on page 77 of this copy that I have. It's, Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes dawn down to day, nothing gold can stay. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a poet, and I didn't know it. Yeah, you did a good job. So this is the note. Uh, this is on page 178. After Johnny died, he left the... He actually was asking for a, go a copy of Gone with the Wind because their copy burned in the church. Mm -hmm. um, and so Dallas runs down to, like, a like thrift store or something and picks up a copy of Gone with the Wind. Um, yeah. And so Johnny has it by his bedside, and he writes a note before he dies, and it says... Pony boy, I asked the nurse to give you this book so you could finish it. Um, the doctor came in a while ago, but I knew anyway. I keep getting tireder and tireder. Listen, I don't mind dying now. It's worth it. It's worth saving those kids. Their lives are worth more than mine. They have more to live for. Some of their parents came by to thank me, and I know it was worth it. Tell Dally it's worth it. I'm just going to miss you guys. I've been thinking about it, and that poem... That guy that wrote it, he meant you're gold when you're a kid, like green. Yeah, like green. When you're a kid, everything's new, dawn. It's just when you get used to everything that it's day. Like the way you dig sunsets, pony. That's gold. Keep that way. It's a good way to be. I want you to tell Dally to look at one. He'll probably think you're crazy, but ask for me. I don't think he's ever really seen a sunset. And don't be so bugged over being a greaser. You still have a lot of time to make yourself be what you want. There's still lots of good in the world. Tell Dally. I don't think he knows. Your buddy, Johnny. Mm -hmm. And part of the thing that makes that so heartbreaking is this is actually, um, Pony Boy can't bring himself, it was like you were talking about, he goes into this denial about Johnny being dead, mm -hmm. and he can't actually bring himself to, like, continue to read the book or, you know, look at the book. And so when he does read that note, um, it's after Dally has died yeah. because he joined in on the rumble and he um ended up oh no he didn't join in on the rumble he well he did but he robbed he robbed a store um, he robbed a store and the cops were chasing him and he just he pulled out a gun and even though it wasn't loaded the cops still shot him yeah because they didn't know that obviously and the, so he kind of that's you know, and the implication is like he was trying to provoke them on yes. purpose yeah which is very heartbreaking. I know. <laughs> and these are all still pretty young people. Like, I think Dallas was maybe 25, you know, like 26, something like that. He's, like, not even 30. Yeah. So they're it's, they're it's all 30. our age or younger, which is a yeah, little hard exactly. to, to yeah. process. Yeah. Um. But, um, yeah. No, I love that. It's heartbreaking that that happens, but it's it's very good. It's a good sentiment. Yeah. I think the other, um, to go back to this idea of the boys kind of being vulnerable and being tender, mm -hmm. the other thing that I wanted to note about that is the whole thing with Derry and his horse. 
which knowing that Essie Hinton I think it was it was it I think it was, was it soda, soda? Wasn't it? I think it was it was soda. Okay, okay. It was soda. Mm-hmm. Um but knowing that Essie Hinton likes horseback riding it's yeah. kind of like okay, now I see where that came from, but um also that Essie Hinton is from Oklahoma, is that what you said? Um hold on, I'm looking at it again. Yeah. Tolson. Explains all the rodeos in this book. I yeah. I was kind of going through this like there's a there's a a large instance of rodeos in this book, and I cannot relate <laughs> to the amount of rodeos. Well, and it's strange because you don't think that an area where they're in, really into horseback riding and doing all this stuff is going to have such a stark difference between like these like greases like like Danny Zuko and like oh, I was just watching you know Greece. and like socialites you know yeah so it's very yeah it's you can see the biggest influence come comes from her back yeah like that's yeah well she even says that like she was the stereotypical tomboy it was more like so she had like an introduction that kind of talked about the book Mm -hmm. and then she had this like outro too that talked about like that's interesting speaking with us you hinted it was like a like from all different interviews with her Hmm. so um, she says, like, Ponyboy's gang was inspired by a true-life gang, the members of which were very dear to me. Later, all the gang members I hung out with were sure they were in the book, but they weren't. <laughs> I guess it's because these characters are really kind of universal without losing their individuality. Um, and it says, like, uh, they asked, were you a teenager? As a teenager, were you a greaser or a soch? Sock? <laughs> Um, I was a tomboy. I played football. My close friends were guys. Fortunately, I was born without the need to belong gene, the gene that says you have to be a little in a, um, in a little group to feel secure. Um, I never want to be classified as anything, nor did I ever join anything for fear of losing my individuality. I didn't even realize that these guys who were my good friends were greasers until one day they were, we were walking down the street and some guys came and yelled greaser. It's funny to look at people you've known all your life to suddenly see them as everything else or as everyone else sees them with their slick back hair and cigarette hanging out of their mouths and their black leather jackets and respond, my God, they're hoods. <laughs> you know them and you know they're not hoods, but they just look like hoods. I had friends on the rich side of town too and saw that they had their share of problems also. Um, and that brings in that like rich versus poor. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, also explains a lot of the kind of, because um, I think one of the other big themes of this book is like, oh, it's tough all over. Mm-hmm. Um there's there's kind of a great effort to show that um, people are complex and have similarities on kind of both sides of the class divide. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that um, Pony himself comes to realize at multiple different points in the book. Which I think sort yeah. of mm-hmm. guides a little bit of his disillusionment towards being a greaser I think maybe it's a little bit hard for him to buy into that fully when he doesn't really believe that he's that different from the people on the other side mm-hmm. well like he meets Cherry, Cherry. Mm-hmm. yeah and then um, after Bob dies his friend and like after they do the church thing and they come back and Ponyboy is better um, he meets Randy who was a friend of Bob who is Cherry's boyfriend who was the one who died but he meets cherry first um at the movies and they have talks about like the sunset Mm -hmm. and they talk about all these different things and she tries to explain to pony boy that like you know we all have our problems we're the same but we just happen to fall in two different sides of the tracks basically (laughs) if you want to look at that specifically 
Um, but Randy starts to realize that too mm-hmm. after Bob dies. He realizes like, what's like, is it worth it? If I'm gonna lose my friends, if we're gonna die just because we want to attack somebody who's different, who's supposedly different from us, who looks different, who might not have like what we have, and we have it hard too. Like he said that Bob's parents. Like, he thinks the reason why Bob died, the reason why Bob was so keen on acting out, on attacking greasers, on doing these things, was because his parents, like, didn't ever, like, tell him no. Mm -hmm. Or didn't ever pay enough attention to him to really, like, care that he was doing anything. Because he could come home drunk and his parents would just be like, oh, that's okay. And they would just, like, put it aside. They wouldn't get upset. They would And it was almost like, in being so accepting of their son they weren't giving him like the direction that he needed Mm -hmm. and so randy realizes this and he's telling pony boy all of this stuff and randy's like i'm not going to go to the rumble tonight because i don't believe that we should be fighting because we're not any different we're the same and i think the rumble ends up being really you know as much as i agree with kind of randy's sentiment it ends up being a way for both sides despite them knowing that well we've both lost people and it really sucks it's just their way to get up that frustration at some point. yeah i think that's all it is i think that's really true and um that's what really kind of strikes me about the rumbles throughout the book um is they're sort of so ritualized and um it really does feel to me like they're more of a way for everyone involved to blow off steam mm-hmm. um, about the fact that they're unhappy and kind of trapped in whatever social framework they're trapped in. It it feels like that's more true than just kind of saying, like, well, they hate each other, yeah. so they fight. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's there's a lot of elements of enjoyment to the Rumbles. Like, the boys like doing it. Yeah. They don't like getting jumped, but they no. like the rumbles. Yeah, they like the fighting. It's, you know, he says blowing off steam. Yeah. And it, like, and you think about it, the class divide doesn't come from these kids. Mm-mm. It's the same for everything. It's coming from the society that they're in, their parents, just the way that it's been. Yeah. This is just the way that it is, is that there are greasers and there are socias or socks. Whatever. <laughs> um, I just want to say socialites. Socials. <laughs> the preps. But... Yeah, so it's a preps. <laughs> no preps allowed. <laughs> Haters back up. The goths and the preps. The That's goths. the modern modern rewrite of The Outsiders. Oh. <laughs> Where's the vampire in The Outsiders? So are there goths anymore? Like, do kids, are kids still G-O-F-F? goths? <laughs> like, do the kids still goth? All right. Here's a question for all you kids out there. Do you goth? Like, do you goth? Do you goth? Do you goth? Do you see? Are you wearing Jenko jeans? <laughs> Are you listening to corn? Are you listening to ICP? Is there a Drinking chain the anywhere on your person? Wallet, wallet chain. Do you, do, do you put feathers anywhere? Oh, that's the scene. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, gossip to gossip. No, no, no. We're getting, we're getting a little later. The evolution. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm gothic. Like, I love, like, 
like old English. Yeah, like Victorian like, houses. Victorian Gothic. <laughs> I carry a, a, a raven feather for my boy Edgar yeah. Allan Poe. I I sit under an oak tree and read Flannery O'Connor. Every day, I lift up the floorboards in my house and stick a stick a body under there and cover it back up, just to see if I'll freak out at night. I, oh god, I I just got so smacked in the face by the memory of an Edgar Allan Poe story where the protagonist keeps someone's teeth. I oh. think it's either like teeth or fingernails. I'll never be able to one think about I... anything else. <laughs> this episode is over. One that I don't remember is, what is the the pit and the pendulum? That's one that I can't ever remember what the story was. Oh, another thing that I do quite often is I'll trap a clown behind a brick wall. <laughs> I'm just the spark notes on Twitter. Uh, can I say, if you... Okay, I know we're like flying off the hinges right now, but if you have time finish this podcast write us a good review you know all the things yeah five um, stars five stars <laughs> and this is obviously a five star go conversation twitter. <laughs> go to twitter and please look at the spark notes if you appreciate literature if you're a person who loves reading who loves classic books whatever go to the spark notes twitter because there is it's probably mm, about two to three times a week that i send michelle these yes tweets from this person's <laughs> twitter and it's all very very good um not gonna spoil anything for you but go to the spark notes twitter and i promise if you appreciate literature and if you appreciate all these books that we're reading um you will appreciate yes. the spark notes twitter. it's very good it's very funny and i say this as someone who normally does not find corporate twitter accounts funny and has done an internship in social media marketing i I have a soft spot for the Sparknet Twitter. It's so funny. Yeah, and it's like, it's obviously somebody, like, out around our age, maybe a little bit older, like a millennial, writing these things, because those are who work in social media, but it's just, oh my god, oh my god, like this one. I don't even know if I sent this to you, but I liked it. I'm sorry, I pulled it up. It's a picture of Lord Farquaad, uh-huh. and... It's when he's like, the ogre has fallen in love with the princess, or whatever. And it says, the myth of Pygmalion, it says, the man has fallen in love with the statue. (laughs) (laughs) So you can reblog that. Reblog, retweet it. Oh my god. We are so old. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's so good. So good. So it's very good. It's very good. Oh, oh man. Okay, last one, I swear. It says, being a baby. Boring. Bursting fully formed from the head of Zeus. Exciting. You immediately get a shield and spear, and whatever you do with them is your business. <laughs> I'm done. But oh, this just a preview of Sparknotes Twitter. This has been a Sparknotes Twitter moment with Summer. Okay, so, so we're, we'll cut we're back to the goths bit, and the preps. What so, were we talking about? You gothic. Just talking about, I think, just different... I don't know. Okay. Honestly, I can't I Here, can't I'll, I'll pivot. But, so what What did you... We talked about what we liked. Is there anything you disliked? Um, this is going to sound trifling, but honestly, it really bothers me that Dally and Derry have such similar names. It makes it a <laughs> difficult reading experience for me, and I'm not, yeah. like, 
I'm not joking. Like, it makes it hard for me to read this book Mm -hmm. because I can't keep them straight. I, I, yes, I agree with that. Something that goes along those same lines. There are a lot of characters. Yeah. And it's just names. And, like, I rem- I know, like I said, I, you know, I was late on reading this, and so I read it, like, more recently. But it's just, like, there are a lot of names. There's, like, I was about to say Tim Schafer. It's not Tim Schafer. That's somebody different. Um, <laughs> the video game man. Um, there's, like, Tim, what's his name? There's Dally. There's Derry. There's Soda Pop. There's Ponyboy. There's Johnny. There's, yeah, it's, like, there there are a lot. Tim Shepard. It's not Tim <laughs> Schafer. Tim Shepard. Um yeah, so there there are just a lot of characters. Then like, you know, Randy and oh, Two Bit that was two his bit. name, Two Bit. Yeah, and Randy and Bob and Cherry, and then Cherry had her friend that was with her, and all these different things. Yes. So it's, there are a lot of characters. But when you think of it in the perspective of okay, this was a literal 15, 16 year old writing this first of all, <clears throat> and the character that she's writing is like thirteen or fourteen, so. This is how this person is, like, they have all these people that they know, and they're just naming all these people, and they have all these different characters, putting as many in as they can. So, I don't know. It's it's just a lot. It's very It busy. is a lot. Um, and like you said, the story is very oddly paced. It is. Um, yeah. just, just the way that it's, like, it's almost out of order. It's almost like, what is the... There's no real main conflict besides, like the Socha's socks versus the greasers that's like the overarching conflict but then it's like okay well they go to the movies they do that thing okay they get jumped that was a big thing yeah oh no but wait them killing that guy really wasn't a big deal because them running away is a big deal oh but then they save the kids that's a big deal and now they're heroes yeah and the whole murder like doesn't (laughs) matter anymore yeah it just kind of goes away as a conflict yeah, and it's like they understand. That's actually something I do appreciate about the characters in the story and something that I think is important to mention is that it isn't like the socks who jumped these boys. They're not defending their friend. They're Ooh, just telling yeah. the truth. They are just saying, and like Cherry defends the boys. She says, they were drunk. The socialites were, or the socialites, the social socks were Preps. drunk. They were looking for a fight. The preps. Um, and they jumped the boys, and they had jumped him before. And then even Randy said, Bob attacked them first. We were hurting one of his friends, and so he he attacked us. And that's something that I can appreciate, and that, has to, that goes along with the whole we're just people thing, is that they realize that it's not worth getting these literal children, these boys in trouble, for something that, like, they were defending themselves. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that. Yeah, but it's hard to know, like, the way that the story jumps like that. Like, what is the most important? Yeah. You know? There's not a real big moment other than what we've talked about. Like, the found family and... Yeah. And then, another thing I wanted... It's not necessarily a dislike, but it's something I thought about as, like, a reading issue or potential issue... Um, and then at some point I want to talk about the ending of the book because I think that's important. Mm-hmm. But um, something I was thinking about while reading this was I was wondering about sort of the outdated slang. Um, like they call cigarettes weeds. Like give, <laughs> yeah, give me a weed. I was like... Which I 
I don't believe anyone says that now <laughs> to refer no, to a I, tobacco that, cigarette. Yeah, that confused me because I was like, hand me a weed. Like, um, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Yeah, but think, yeah, but things yeah. like that. Um, I kind of started to wonder, like, would that present sort of a stumbling block for young readers um, or kind of prevent them from relating or resonating with the story? So I got, I kind of got down this path of wondering, like, you know, I wonder what more contemporary books kind of have the same themes, if there are, like, books that a contemporary young reader would resonate more with. So I was thinking about that, and then I sort of pivoted, because I also started to think, and this is something I believe pretty firmly, um, is that you shouldn't just read things that relate to you personally, it's really important as an exercise in empathy to read books that make you work a little bit to understand the characters and the world they're living in. So I don't know where I fall on that. I think where I fall on that is to give a kid the outsiders and also a more contemporary book about gangs. I think that's yeah, that's where I would like fall. Compare and contrast. Yeah. And then they could like do, like, a compare and contrast activity, yeah. and that's always... I feel like it's a very cliche activity, but... <laughs> so, something that um, some other media specialists have been talking mm-hmm. about, and as much as I love the classics, and I want to continue, because we have such a long list of things, and so... Oh, there's The Outsiders. Sorry, I'm looking at our list right now, and I thought I didn't have The Outsiders, <laughs> and I was like, I had to have it on here, and then I found it. Um... So, you know, I want to go through a lot of these classics, but something else, and that's why I liked having Where the Mountain Meets the mm-hmm. Moon on here. For sure. Um, they, media specialists have been talking about, like, there's so much good young adult fiction out now that we should be pushing more of these newer novels mm-hmm. rather than these old, outdated novels. So it's like there are still important things in the older novels. So we should, you know, we should pay attention and, like... Um, still do some of those studies but we should definitely bring in more contemporary books with more like because like Huck Finn like I love Huck Mm -hmm. Finn and Tom Sawyer whatever but with Huck Finn it's like there's a lot of outdated language and there are a lot of problems with it but that also comes down to the point of well you know you could do a compare a compare and contrast with them yeah you could compare honestly you could compare Huck Finn with and I know things are a little different but with um Homecoming they're not the same, yeah, but, that but sort it's, of journey. it's like a coming of eight. Yeah, a journey that you see of these kids who are kind of like rough and tumble. And so, you know, you can do a compare and contrast with that. You can even, you know, all these different things. But they've been talking about trying to move more of like the novel studies that they're doing away from older, outdated, like classics mm-hmm. and moving it towards more updated books that focus on like diversity and focus on all these things because when we look back at like all the books that we've read i mean where the mountain meets the moon was diverse but everything else has just been and holes had a little bit more diversity but you don't really focus on those characters no you know so it's kind of like everything despite them being classics they're not very diverse so that's kind of like you know we have our big long list and i love it but um i would like to continue and add on with some more like contemporary books um and of course the one i picked is not but (laughs) it is more of a diverse book and i figured it was um 
a good one to do. So yeah. we'll finish up our little thing and then I'll <laughs> I'll secret word the <laughs> the book. <though>. Um, <laughs> I mean that's a, that's a big topic in like liter literary studies in general um, is kind of like what is the value of continuing to sort of push the same quote unquote canon that's sort of been the standard for years and decades. Um, and it's sort of like, it's not like anyone is saying those books don't have value and aren't good. Yeah. But it's kind of like, well, there are other books that also have value and are also good, mm-hmm. but they kind of get excluded by this list that honestly, historically is um, rooted in a lot of power dynamics and you know, mainly, it's, I don't know, I feel like it's such a cliche to say, but, like, mainly white male straight mm-hmm. authors. And, you know, that's true for the most part. Um, oh, my gosh. I want to, I have to run downstairs and get this thing because it has this quote in it that I love. So this is from the, this is from the November issue of the Writer's Chronicle magazine. Um, it's an article by Colson Whitehead. And... It is, where's the quote? So it's sort of talking about, like, that thing of, um, wow, I've lost my whole ability to be articulate. The idea that you kind of, like, have to have read the classics, quote-unquote. So -hmm. he's talking about that. Um, You've never read The Rings of Saturn? That's fine. Who cares? You don't have to. There are plenty of great books and classics and assorted cannon fodder, and don't make don't let anyone make you feel bad or dumb that you haven't read something. Other people's classics are your classics, or they aren't, or they might be one day, or they won't, but you'll survive either way. Crazy but true, millions of people have lived full and productive lives without cracking the rings of Saturn. And I love that. That's awesome. So, um, I do want to talk about the the ending eventually, but what were you about to say? Um, it's, so, we kind of talked, so is it suitable for the classroom? We kind of talked about that, you talked about some of the dated language, mm-hmm. you talked, but, but those are also things that, it starts a conversation. Yeah. It brings up the conversation about the evolution of language in general, because, like, think about it. Even, a, like, a year and a half ago, yeast wasn't, like, a part of our vocabulary. But since then, it's become a part of a vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And, like, to dab used to just be, okay, we're just going to put, like, a dab of paint <laughs> on this thing. We're going to put a dab of whatever. And now a dab is, like, you know, it's it's outdated yeah. at this point. But, it you know, it's, it's <laughs> You <still> dab? <laughs> you know, every so often, I want to dab oh, in front of the middle schoolers. You have to floss instead. I have to know even flossing I'm sure would be out but I have to stop myself from dabbing because I feel like I'm trying to be so cool around these children <laughs> hey that fellow I can't kids dab. yeah but like with us it's still funny but with them I feel like they're too cool I'm afraid <laughs> but yeah so it's like it can show the evolution of language yeah you know, so obviously a weed is not a cigarette anymore, and, you know, applies to other things. Dandelions. But, um, yeah. There's actually something funny I saw 
on, and it has to do with weeding. So, like, in the library world, weeding is, like, getting rid of old mm-hmm. books or, you know, outdated books, whatever. And so somebody had mentioned how they had um, contact, contacted their, like, maintenance coordinator to get, like, these boxes for um, for weeding. And the person replied back and was like, um, these boxes aren't for yard waste. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. That's a nice little librarian joke. Um, <laughs> librarian humor. <laughs> very good. Yes, library humor. I just pushed um, my glasses. But no, up. I think that's it. <laughs> I I didn't. I, I but I I did the, the the laugh, so I think it counts. Um, but no, I think that's a good way to bring it together is to um talk about the evolution mm-hmm. of language and then of course like you said if you do another novel study with a book that's similar it would be really interesting and i don't know how well it would work but it would be interesting to have like half of your class read the outsiders and half of your class read another book that's like more updated and then they fight and have <laughs> and then they rumble <laughs> no and have them compare and contrast mm-hmm. it have them compare and contrast the the time have them like it would be nice to find a book that has to do with like people who are quote-unquote socials and see if there's a i wonder if there's a companion piece i bet somebody has maybe tried to write something even a short story that's like a companion piece to the outsiders that's from like the other point of view that would be really interesting but um or that could be like a writing exercise for it could be yeah yeah there you go so you can think of these things to go along with it and just kind of update it. Think about, because like in the population I work with, it's a wealthy population. We have some people who um, are a little bit lower socioeconomically, but for the most part, people are very well off. So it would be interesting to see their point of view as, do they see themselves as more of the outsiders? Because, sorry, um, because you're reading it from the perspective of the greasers. Would they see themselves as that as kids or would they see themselves as the socialites? Like how do they see mm-hmm. them? selves that would be interesting as well um the value of teaching this novel well you already pointed out that this novel is good to teach compassion and to teach love especially between boys Mm -hmm. you know quote-unquote boys who are taught to be tough to like not cry to you know not show any emotion it allows people to show emotion um class differences that's a value in teaching this. You can kind of see a different side of things, see how people live in a different way. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we kind of already talked about all this and like what conversations does it bring up? Um, I mean, is there anything else that you think of that we haven't talked about that? I mean, I think, I don't know. I, you want to talk about the ending, so that's kind well, of. Well, I keep thinking about like f- fear in this book and um, mm-hmm. and trauma and mm-hmm. how there's kind of like sort of for all these boys like the chronic trauma of living in such stressful conditions which is yeah. like that's a, a thing in real life like you people have PTSD just from being poor for a long time yeah. um yeah. <laughs> but then also sort of acute things like Johnny I mean I you said it earlier but I I really do think Johnny has PTSD from Oh, absolutely. Being jumped. Um, just the way that well, it's described. And, yeah, and he has an abusive Yeah, home, he comes from an abusive family. Which we didn't mention, but 
Um, his family is not. It's just his, I believe, his mother and his father. I don't think he has any siblings, but, it, you know, his father beats him and his mother doesn't really care for him. And it's that's another heartbreaking thing is she visits him at the hospital and he refuses to see mm-hmm. her. He only wants to see his real family, who are the greasers. There was, I've lost it now, but this description... So this is early in the book when uh, Johnny and Ponyboy are at the movies. Um, We were all four sitting there in silence when suddenly a strong hand came down on Johnny's shoulder and another on mine and deep voice said, Okay, greasers, you've had it. I looked fearfully over my shoulder and there was Two-Bit grinning like a Shessie cat. I've never seen Shesher abbreviated before. Glory, Two-Bit, scare us to death. He was good at voice imitations and had sounded for all the world like a snarling sock slash soch. Then I looked at Johnny. <laughs> his eyes were shut and he was as white as a ghost. His breath was coming in smothered gasps. Tubit knew better than to scare Johnny like that. I guess he'd forgotten. He's kind of scatterbrained. Johnny opened his eyes and said weakly, Hey, Tubit. So like that kind of extreme like panic mm-hmm. reaction. Um, yeah really does feel to me like sort of coded as PTSD. Um, not that like pony boy would know that. Like <laughs> I wouldn't expect that term to yeah. be used in this book. Um, well, and that's kind of what leads him to reacting in the mm-hmm. way that he reacts when pony, when they get jumped again. Yeah. Because he's you know, like, he's panicking. He doesn't want to go through that kind of like terror yeah. again. He doesn't want it for Pony yeah. Boy either. So I think that's sort of like, I don't know. I think there's there's kind of a class conversation to be had about fear yeah. and like what are, maybe not like sharing this aloud, but sort of thinking like what are some things that you're afraid of? What are mm-hmm. some things that you've seen other people afraid of? And like how did you well, react that's to that? That's a good writing act. Yeah. Like you'd said. I mean, that's even if it's a silent reflection. Mm-hmm. Or a writing activity that's something good. And it's, um, even, like, they could, like, even if it's not a true story about themselves, like, write a short, like, a one-page little, or a paragraph fiction, whatever, story about something similar to this. Like, what, what do you, how do you, what do you take out of this? No, I think that's good. And that's a good conversation to start having a conversation about trauma. Yeah. Because I guarantee there are kids that are going to be in the classroom who've already been through plenty yeah. of trauma. And especially the question of, like, reacting to, yes. to scary moments. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yes. how did Johnny react when he was really scared? And how do you react when you're really scared of something? And, mm-hmm. you know, what are some different ways you could react to something that's scary? Yeah, I like that. That's a good point. Um, age range... For this book, I believe, probably middle school. Yeah. You might be pushing it a little far. And middle school for um, my county is 6th through 8th grade. Um, so you might be pushing it a little far if you do it for 5th graders, but I think that six, seven, eight is, like, the perfect age range for this. That sounds right to me. In my yeah. unprofessional opinion. And I think they're doing it soon in 7th mm. grade because I have to order more copies. Okay. But, um... Yeah, they're doing it soon in seventh grade as like a, almost like a grade level thing. Nice. So, yeah, that was kind of funny. I was like, oh, I have one checked out <laughs> yeah. right now. 
I'll give that one to you eventually. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. So go ahead. What's your um the last little bit? Close it on up with your ending. Yeah, I. I wanted to talk about the ending because I think it's a really major theme in this book, but it's one that doesn't really come in until the ending, which is this idea that you can use writing to process mm-hmm. something and heal yeah. from something that has happened to you. So if you've never read The Outsiders, um, I will first read the beginning of the book. So this is how the book begins. Chapter one. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house, I had only two things on my mind, Paul Newman and a ride home. And then it goes on about Paul Newman. Um, And then this is how the book ends. So this is the very last bit of the um, book after Ponyboy has been asked to write a paper by his English teacher. Um... I sat down and picked up my pen and thought for a minute, remembering. Remembering a handsome, dark boy with a reckless grin and a hot temper. A tough, toe-headed boy with a cigarette in his mouth and a bitter grin on his hard face. Remembering, and this time it didn't hurt, a quiet, defeated-looking 16-year-old whose hair needed cutting badly and who had black eyes with a frightened expression to them. One week had taken all three of them. And I decided I could tell people, beginning with my English teacher. I wondered for a long time how to start that theme, how to start writing about something that was important to me. And I finally began like this. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight from the darkness of the movie house, I had only two things on my mind, Paul Newman and a ride home. I think that's one of the highest points in this book, honestly. Um... You know, and maybe I'm, like, biased in favor of writing. <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah. No, and it's good, and it's kind of like what we talked about with Where the Mountain Meets mm-hmm. the Moon last time. It's that there's this power in these stories and writing and communicating with other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, communicating through stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's and I just, amazing. I don't know. I think it's a great message for kids um, as sort of, like, a tool in their emotional toolbox you know if you're ever in a situation where you feel really lost and you're not sure how to talk about it or how to feel about it just try getting a pen Mm -hmm. and paper and writing it down and maybe that'll help well and it's amazing um you know a lot of the times you find like in schools when teachers give writing assignments to students especially like you know it's all different Mm -hmm. ages but when they give writing assignments to students they write the Mm -hmm. truth you know, hidden in these stories. So that's sometimes how people find out about, like, if, if a child is being abused, mm-hmm. you know, or if they have problems at home. It doesn't always happen because some people do just have a very creative yeah. mind or they <laughs> read a lot of books, so they pull it from there. But it does happen that this is the out, like, a lot a lot of the time, these writing exercises, these prompts are outlets for um, students. And I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's good. I love that. I love how that wraps up. Um, should we talk about what we're reading? Have you had time to read anything? I know you've been really busy. <laughs> Not to put you on the I... spot. <laughs> um, you know, still reading Leaders Eat Last because um, it's a book study that we're doing for our um, leadership mm-hmm. teams. <clears throat> so I'm still reading that. So that was probably the most recent thing I've read besides The Outsiders. Um 
I am hoping that I can read a couple more books before the year is out because I pushed myself a little far on Goodreads and I put my goal as 150 books this year. That did not happen. However, and, and this, it does include some picture books, so I've read 96 books this year. Um, so I think I've kind of uh, done a lot. Yeah. Despite yeah. now being so busy, but actually it's going to be 97 when I put that I finished reading The Outsiders. So, um yeah nice yeah uh so 97 books this year like i said it includes picture books so if you want to count them or not subtract maybe 25 (laughs) books from that and that's how many books i've read this year so um and that includes so part of the reason why i had so many read right away is because um for our sunshine state books there are like 30 between the three to five and the um six to eight and then there are 15 at the K2 level. So I've read ugh, 44 of them <laughs> um, out of 45. <laughs> so that took up a big chunk of the things that I've read. So yeah. I'm trying to read more young adult fiction and more children's books right now so I can get my brain in that sort of thing. So I haven't been reading the things I want to read um, necessarily, but I have a huge stack that I want to get through some of them and I'm hoping that I can get into some of them over the break and then maybe I'll have more interesting things to read about but it's I'm definitely going to need this break because despite really loving my job and honestly being very happy about my job and enjoying things um I've had to put that on hold for a while so I want to get back into reading things for my enjoyment as well as reading them for you know work things and to learn about readers and know what yeah so yeah. 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 That's what nice. I've been doing. What about you? Um, I, right now I'm reading a book, um, which I got secondhand from a library book sale. Um, so I, I think it might be out of print now. Um, but it's called The Avian Ark Tales from a Wild Bird Hospital by Kit Chubb. It's just a really fun, interesting book. I mean, it's occasionally sad because it's a wildlife hospital, but it's just sort of little anecdotes about the birds that come through a wild bird hospital. Um, yeah, really it's cool. like, if you like birds, I would totally recommend it. Um, I also recently finished a really, really good book of poetry. Um, Vivas to Those Who Have Failed by Martina Spada which I think is a fantastic title. Like, I'm so in love with the title of that book, Vivas to Those Who Have Failed. Um, it's, I don't know how to describe it. Martina Spot is a fantastic poet. He's he's one of the favorites that I've, um, I don't like the word, dis- one of, why am I suddenly so bad at talking? welcome to my life of the poets I have been introduced to over the past couple of years that I didn't know about before Martina Spada is one of my new favorites Um, he's really 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 good actually he has an amazing reading voice and there are a couple recordings of him reading poems online and if you like being blown away by poetry I would totally recommend looking those up and listening to his recordings because they're so powerful 
Um, but yeah, just a really great, solid book of poetry. That's awesome. Um, I can say, you know, from a more professional stance, this is a big, a big W for me. Um, I was telling one of my, my colleagues <laughs> about it today. Um, there's a student who came to our school last year. He was in fifth grade. And he came in and he had been to multiple schools, had trouble, like, you know, and he came in and people were immediately like, oh, he, he's going to be a troublemaker, all this different mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, he was a little bit disruptive sometimes when he was in, um, like, typing with me and I, he would be disruptive in class, but he did have boys in that class who fed off mm-hmm. of it too. Um, so it wasn't just his doing. Um, and... He is in a white school, very white area, and he's black, and there are not a lot of black students at our school. We have a good amount of diversity, but it's still primarily white students, so, you know. Um, and so, like, last year, you know, he would check out books. I mean, he was always really respectful, mm-hmm. though, when he was in the library, and he was respectful when he was in the typing lab. Despite sometimes getting a little squirrely or whatever, <laughs> he was still respectful. Yeah. And so that's what, you know, it was always so odd to me that, you know, but you don't always see them in the classroom. So this particular student, he would check out books sometimes, but he wasn't really into it. And then um, one of our substitutes, who was a former media specialist, she's awesome. Mm -hmm. She was trying to get him to check out a book by Jason Reynolds. It was one of our SSYRA books last year for middle school called Ghost. And it's about um, this uh, kid who he wants to play basketball and he's a basketball player but he's never played basketball in his life and so then he finds out that he's really good at running and he can run track and so he goes to a different school but he joins this track team from a a different Uh school um and joins this track team and then it goes through it's like a series and so it goes through all the people on the track team so he's the first one it's called ghost and that's his nickname um and he gave himself the nickname of ghost because his father was coming after him and his mother with um, a gun and they hid in the back of the, a convenience store that was local uh-huh. to them and the um, the guy at the store who owned the store had said like he was like a ghost that he like was so quick like that you almost didn't notice him because he was so quick to like you know try to get away and things like that but um so anyway she tried to get him to read this book and gave him a permission slip to take home well permission slip never came back and he may have forgotten whatever so this year his teachers have been encouraging him because he's a sixth Mm -hmm. grader this year to come down more and check out books and so he's been he came with his class once or twice and he has been coming down by himself which is nice he came down with a teacher the other day um, and so we always try to find something for him. And he's really good about trying some of the SSYRA books, and he's liked some of them, which is awesome. So I always try to ask him about the books. I always try to talk to him about the books. Well, this past week, I realized, I was like, oh, man. He really liked, there's this book called Knockout that's one of our SSYRA books for this year for middle school. It's by K.A. Mm-hmm. Holt. Um, and it's written in, like, verse poetry. So you would actually probably, you, you would like it, I think. Um, for me, it was really odd to get into it first, but as it got into it, I liked it a lot more. Those have um, been more and more popular, as I understand it, yeah. for young adult yeah. and children's lit. Yeah. And and so it's such a good book, and he really liked Knockout, and it had a black mm-hmm. protagonist. And so does Ghost and everything, but it had a black protagonist. So then, and it, the, the, the author is black. Um, so then I remembered, I was like, well... There's also Kwame Alexander's stuff. 
and he's another black mm-hmm. author. And he writes books that are kind of the same kind of verse poetry. And a lot of them are sports related and things like this. And so this student likes all that stuff. And so I said, hey, I want to show you this author that I think you'll like. So I showed him the author. And I was like, he writes the same type of poetry as Knockout. You really liked Knockout. Here's this author. And he was kind of like, okay. He was like looking at it. He was going to, you know, check out that the, the like chapter book. And then I was like, oh, wait, they just came out with a graphic novel, too, Mm. of one of his books. The crossover is what it's called. And then I was like, oh, let me show him this. So I showed him and I was like, hey, this is the same book, but it's in graphic novel. And I showed him a couple pictures and he was like, oh, wow, I really (laughs) like that. I was like, hey, I'll put it on hold for you. Just get your permission slip signed. Come Mm -hmm. get it. So last year when we tried to get his, him to get his permission slip signed for the other book, he never really, he wasn't really into it. He brought his permission slip back like a day yes. or two later and was like, I really want that book. And I was like, that was like, for me, so I was good. like, this is why I'm doing this. This is like amazing. Yeah. So it really made me happy. And he, and it was like, a, cause it was an eighth grade only book. Um, so we have. We're a K-8, but we only have K-7 right now. We'll have K-8 mm-hmm. next year. Um, and so we have some of our books are labeled as 8th grade only. And so that was one of our 8th grade only books. Because sometimes the graphic novels can be a little bit more Yeah. <laughs> um, so with some of them, we have to label them up higher. Um, but yeah, it was That's really great. cool. And that was a good yeah. feeling that I was like, wow, this kid not only has something that he's interested in reading, it's also an author that he can relate mm-hmm. to because it's diversity in writing and not just reading about like another white kid. Like you're talking about with these classic books is there's so much diversity in the world. Not everybody's going to relate to this rich white kid. Not everybody's going to even relate to the outsiders. Yeah. Because not everybody is in that. So I, that was a big win for me, I guess. And that's kind of, despite me not being able to read a lot or do a lot um that was something yeah. good for me that i was like that's a big accomplishment because <clears throat> besides like <laughs> you know whatever but that's more important to me as an impact yeah students so. i mean i think honestly what's so much more important than like passing down the classics and like making sure the kids read the classics i don't care about that as much as mm-hmm. i care about the ability to connect the kid with the book that they will enjoy and that will have an impact on their life. And a lot of the times that's not a classic. It might just be some kind of random something that they really connect with for whatever reason. I love it. So this is what we should move towards yes. in all aspects of <laughs> education and literacy. And, and even if a kid is just reading, that's all I want is... Mm-hmm. If a kid is reading, if I can find a book to put in their hands that they can check out and that gets them interested in being in the library, that's yeah. what I want. So that's the most important thing to me. <sighs> well, this has been a wild ride. Yeah. Um, we lost our minds a little bit in the middle <laughs> of that, but that's okay. Uh, welcome back to our podcast. Um, so the next book I have chosen, and like I said, it's a little bit shorter book and it is another... Um, it's a tough subject, but I think it's necessary, okay. and it's a little bit fitting for um, our time, and I would love for maybe if other people want to join in reading this. Um, I've picked Number of the Stars oh. by Lois Lowry. Yes. And I haven't read this literally since I had to read yep. it in school. Me neither. Like, 
years ago. I think it was <laughs> so fourth grade that we did like the fifth or, yeah, the yeah I did like fifth grade or fourth or the fifth grade. the weird period in every child's life where they have a Holocaust unit at whatever the yeah, school like, decides the is the appropriate the age. Devil's arithmetic. Yeah, Diary of Anne Frank, all um, this different stuff. Yeah, you know. Funny, not funny, not related to Number of the Stars, but related to Diary of Anne Frank. Um, I had this, and I probably still have it at my mom's house, or I might have it packed away in a box or something. I had this, um, like, leveled reader that was a Diary of Anne Frank Mm -hmm. leveled reader, and it had, like, these, like, diagrams of, like, the blueprints of, like, what their um, attic home looked like and all these different things, and it was a leveled reader, and it was one of my favorite books when I was a kid. I would literally, I would just read it over and over and over again. And so, like, I have just this vivid memory of, the, like, the Diary of Anne Frank, like, all this stuff. So, I'm very interested in World War II. I'm interested in all, because I'm a big mm-hmm. history person, too. So, um, history does repeat itself. Uh, and I believe that we have to learn about things, too try to be a little bit more opening to, or open to not having yes. history repeat itself to the same extent. So... Number of the Stars is what okay. I've chosen. And it is a shorter book. Um, and so I should be able to devour this in like a couple of hours. <laughs> and then perhaps after the the holiday season, um, we might be able to record another episode sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be, be nice. nice. Well, thank you for listening yeah. again. Um, let us know what you've been reading. Again, let us know if there's anything you want to see on the podcast besides us, you know, recording a little bit more. <laughs> um, we're yeah. working on it. It's it's tough with schedules and such, but this is something that we like to do and we like, you know, getting back together and talking about these things outside of, like, just, <laughs> like, playing D&D. <laughs> um, we like to do these things, too. So it's, it's a nice thing for us to do to keep connected despite us both being so busy so it's nice having this um but it would be awesome to have more listener slash audience um interaction interaction as well yeah it would be really nice so if you listen to this podcast um reach out to us and let us know how you like it let us know what we can change um we're still gonna have outbursts and summer spark notes corner is gonna be perhaps a permanent (laughs) part of this podcast you'll have to see yeah um find us on twitter i've read that cast um you can email us at i've read that podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or book recommendations anything like that uh if you liked the show if you like what we do if you believe in us even if you know we (laughs) we don't always hit the mark um because we're new at this yeah clap your hands if you believe um if you don't clap we will die that's not true fizzle out not true at all um leave us a review on itunes um it really does make a big difference for a podcast in terms of reaching new listeners who might be interested um and that would help us out a lot so well this has been i've read that I'm Summer. I'm Michelle. And 
want to remind you to stay peachy pony, pony boy. boy. <laughs> and now it has context. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.